there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian. He's been living here in Japan for over two decades now. And for about half of that time, he's been buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So he's got dedicated loan officers in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel Sessions which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, Drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right. So as you can probably tell by the fact that we're publishing again and we've got the intro and everything, my sweet, beloved PC is finally back, which means I can edit and publish videos and podcast episodes again. Yay. But right before we get into today's episode, quick reminder, our very first Japan Real Estate Summit is coming up in about a week and a half as of the time of this recording. That's next Saturday, February 4th, 2023 in Tokyo. And again, we will not be selling tickets on the day or at the door. So if the last 20 or so in-person tickets that we still have mean you're waiting for the last minute, I would strongly advise against it. We now also have streaming tickets available. So if you can't make it in person, those are 2,000 yen, and they'll let you in on the action live during the entire day, as well as allow you to send in your questions for the Q&A panel and have them discussed and answered by our JREP members. But again, please bear in mind that none of us are professional streamers and considering the cost of the venue and other expenses, as well as the uh, price of the tickets, which we're trying to keep as low as possible for you. And this all means that we're going to do our best to make the streaming work. And if it doesn't work due to issues on our end, we will refund your streaming ticket. However, you then will not be able to tune in live. So if the streaming doesn't work for any reason, you won't be able to send in your questions to the panel. So if you can make it in person, definitely want to do that. Also, we're using a Zoom room for the streaming, so we're limited to 100 online participants. If you do want in on the streaming tickets, similar to the in-person tickets, there's a good chance they'll run out as well. So again, don't wait for the last minute to grab yours. Okay, so for today's episode, this is a short but interesting one. It's a conversation I've had with a young man who's purchased some properties in Japan a few years ago and was wondering if they've gained in value since he purchased them, if he could sell them at a bit of a profit and so forth. Now, as we've discussed here on the podcast many times in the past, investment properties in Japan are priced a bit differently since they're almost never going to be used by the owners. So they're not going to be owner occupied properties at any point, And they're strictly evaluated based on their yield or potential yield. So we dug out our deal analysis spreadsheets, we punched some numbers in, and we tried to analyze together what the properties might fetch on the open market, which is, by the way, part of what we'll be doing together at the summit next weekend as well, researching and analyzing potential property investment deals. So a nice little taste of what's in store in my segment at the event. 
And also a really good chance for anyone who's into Japanese investment properties to have a peek under the hood of how we assess price and negotiate purchase or sale of investment properties. If you're tuning in via the podcast and you do have the option, you probably want to tune in uh, via YouTube channel instead. We'll link to the video in this episode show notes just so you can see the actual spreadsheets and how we use them. So I hope you enjoy the session and I'll see you again on the other side. Okay, so let me minimize that. You've got two properties that you mentioned that you want to sell, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let me bring, I'll show you what I meant when I was talking about the prices. Let me just bring them mm -hmm. up. You're seeing my screen, yeah? Yes, I can see it. Okay. So I'll take a blank sheet. Let me get rid of all that. And I'll just put in just, just the numbers. I mean, I understand where the properties are and everything and so forth. So I'll just put mm -hmm. in the numbers. So this one, you are selling for? Uh, this is one for 80. I think I wrote it in the previous email. Previous email one fourteen point eight. I think that's the number. Oh, 14 uh, 14 point eight. Fourteen point yeah. eight million. Okay, the rent price is sixty one thousand, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the management fees are five eight ten. The reserve funds are twenty ten, and there's another two hundred yen. For bicycles, so five eight, yeah. let's call it sixty ten and twenty ten. Okay, and the management fee—that's I'm assuming the Chintai Kanri, right? The property manager, the tenant manager. The, yeah, yeah, the tenant manager. And that's the bank transfer fee when they transfer funds to you. Yes. Yeah, and the contract renewal fee every two years. Okay, so yeah. if I look at this now, um, let me just move our faces aside a little bit. Um, so this is assuming a worst case purchase cost of 20% because this property, so customers who are customers, basically people who buy through us need our help yeah. to facilitate the entire process. So mm -hmm. there's an added fee for us representing them here in Japan. Yeah. Okay. If there was no added fee, if they were working directly with a realtor, it would have been about 15%. Total purchase mm -hmm. cost. So the purchase tax, the realtor fee, the legal and registration fee, all of it mm -hmm. could have come up to maybe 15%. In the case of this property, because it's um, mm -hmm. the legal and registration fees would be cheaper because the officially val, never mind, never mind. Let's call it 13%. Okay. Worst case. And then if they need us to facilitate the purchase, then that adds another 4%. So worst case, mm -hmm. let's say 17% purchase costs. Okay. Yeah, okay. And then the property management fee, you said 4,400. We're probably going to put another property manager uh, in place that charges a bit less than that we work with in Osaka already. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. our fee normally for property management would be 5% plus tax, which is what I've put here. Mm -hmm. And then if the customer, and again, most of our customers don't reside in Japan. So if the customer needs us to also manage the property manager and deal with the building management company and do everything on their behalf, they'll also need to pay us this amount every month. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. 
when I take all of this into account, the annual return that customers will be getting is about 3.1%. Yeah, it's very small. I could get a central studio in Shibuya to rent for that, to, to rent for this kind of yield, right? Mm-hmm. This is Osaka. It's a good location, but I mean, it's not, it's not a brand new property or anything. I mean, our customers wouldn't go anywhere for less than 5% because they can get these kinds of deals um, by themselves at home, right? Mm-hmm. And even, even if I remove us, even if they work directly with a realtor, so let's change that to 13% and remove the proxy fee, it's still just under 3.5%. Mm. We interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home-away-from-home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. They come with fast, unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces, and fully equipped kitchens, and they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know. They're tiny, they're noisy, fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home, with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc. You definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit, or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now back to the podcast. So I don't know any of my customers who will go for anything like that. Um, I can put you in touch with local Japanese realtors who might be able. I I don't think they'll be able to find anything priced, but maybe at least a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Actually, for I'm us, thinking of. Uh, I'll just show you that just yeah. just before you go ahead. I'll just show you what it looks like for our customers when it becomes interesting. So if I reduce this price for let's say twelve million, mm-hmm. oops, sorry, Mister Zero. <laughs> um, that's under four percent. I doubt they would be interested if it's anywhere over ten million. Yeah, so around yeah. ten million yen, it starts creeping towards 5%, which is where they'd mm-hmm. be interested. But again, a local realtor might be able to sell it for you. Mm-hmm. Local Japanese are not too concerned about exchange rates and they don't have really other markets. Usually they don't have other markets that they can compare things to. So they might be happy mm-hmm. with lower yield. Um, 
but our customers know. And then I'll look at the other property just quickly. So mm-hmm. this is 6.8 million and the return is 47. So 6.8. Oh, that was when I bought it. I'm planning to sell it at 7, 7 million. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So 7 million. And the rent is 47, yeah? Yeah. And that is the management s- fee seven four twenty and six three and six three yeah yeah seven four twenty six three six three so those um, because it's a lot cheaper here the worst case purchase cost could be maybe eighteen nineteen percent let's make it worst case nineteen and mm. um, everything else remains about the same. Mm-hmm. And again, we're under 4%. Four. Uh, yeah. I don't know anyone. And even again, even if I remove myself from the equation, so let's say I add, I remove, sorry, uh, 4% here, and I remove this completely, uh, 4.4%. So mm. an agent should be, I mean, that's a bit more reasonable. A local agent should yeah. be able to sell it for this price, I think, because good location for 4.4 works. If I was to sell it to a client, mm-hmm. which means I'm back in the picture, um, mm-hmm. but the cost would be lower in that case because we wouldn't have a real estate agent involved. So we can reduce this by say 3%. Mm-hmm. Um, for me to sell it to a client, I would need it to be... Yeah, less than six million. I don't think it's the kind less of prices than... you're looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I only bought it like less than five years ago. So for a similar price? Yeah. The six point eight was the purchase price for Oh, me. that was your listing we were looking at. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. So I bought it for that. So I think uh, a couple more years I can lower it, of course. I also um, think, to be honest with you, I also think a local agent would be able to get better prices than what we can. I mean, you do have the agent fee that would come in in that case, but maybe mm -hmm. they can sell it for a lot more than we can to our clients. So it might be Mm -hmm. worth paying a realtor. Uh, You said you've already got one handling it, but I'm happy to put you in touch with more of them. Can you? So I can just uh, compare how of course. Uh, do you have an exclusivity that. contract with that particular agent? Uh, no, we haven't signed anything. So basically, okay. you're just uh, listing for me for like uh, indefinitely. Okay, so you can keep talking to as many agents as you want in that case, no problem. Hmm. And All usually right. the contracts for that is usually three months only, right? Even if it's an exclusive one. Yeah, I mean, it's like even rolling. if it's exclusive, you can... Yeah, it might be up to three months, but if they haven't sold Mm. anything, they're not going to complain too much. Usually you can just tell them that you're canceling it kind of immediately. Most of them would be okay with it. Mm. Uh, How long long have they been listing it? Uh, The cheaper one, I think uh, just recently, like uh, this month. The other one since uh, quite a long time now. My selling price before was uh, 14 actually. Okay, have and they because, asked you if you want to reduce the price? Have they been proactive in seeing how they can help you sell it faster? Or are they just quiet? Uh, no, basically just uh, kind of passive. Basically okay. what I want. Uh, 
I'll, I'll be that... in touch with some more um, proactive agents who, who might be able to help. <laughs> uh, but if they want to lower the price, I'll probably just stay uh, then wait wait a bit. Okay. No, it doesn't mm -hmm. hurt to list it in a few more places anyway. Okay. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah. You too. Bye -bye. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. All right. So there you have it. A little taste of how we analyze deals. And we'll do a lot more of that again in our Real Estate Summit in Tokyo next weekend, February 4th. So hop over to realestate.jp and grab your tickets today. I hope there are some of those left for you. And if you're not in town on February 4th, Streaming tickets should now be available for you to purchase as well, but numbers for those are also limited. So don't dilly-dally about it, and we'll see you hopefully next weekend. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis, or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa, and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku! Yoroshiku!